0: Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Now this morning, I'm going to bring across to you a message entitled, Christ-like in reaching and giving. Christ-like in reaching and giving. It is a story of a short man meeting a big God. Who is that? Ah, Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10, and it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was shot, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. I know what you're thinking. You'll say, I wish I was living in Zacchaeus' day and I've been cheated of him of some money by him. <laughs> so, and then Jesus said to Zacchaeus, "Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. And then Jesus concluded this, Part of the story by saying, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. It's a story of a small man meeting a big God, but it's also a story of a big God reaching out to a lost soul. Now, four things I'll leave you this morning. I trust that the Holy Spirit would take it and, and cause it to vibrate and rebirth, uh, in our hearts and our lives and, and that we would hear from God even after this service. The first thing is, don't see the crowds, focus on individuals. Don't just see the crowds, focus on individuals. You see, Jesus was a miracle worker. Jesus healed the sick, he opened the eyes of the blind, closed uh, deaf years to hear. Uh, he raised the dead. He did so many miracles. And wherever Jesus went, the crowds went after him. The crowds pursued him. And here in Jericho, the entire town came out to meet this miracle worker, this son of God who has been sent by God. And But Jesus, instead of focusing on the crowd, his focus was On individuals. He took notice of individuals. And for Jesus, there's no superstar mentality, but a servant's mentality. You know, a servant's heart reaching out. The multitudes pursued Jesus, but Jesus had his eyes on individuals. Hey, let me say this to you. Don't miss the forest for the tree. What does it mean? It means don't be so caught up, you know, with just one tree, with just one problem, with one situation, that we forget to see the big picture. That is a very, very uh, popular quote today. But let me uh, present to you and submit to you the other thing that is don't miss the forest, or don't miss the, the forest for the tree. All right? Did I say that right? No. Don't miss the tree for the forest. All right, don't miss the tree for the forest, all right? It must be the coal or something. or the... ah. Don't miss the tree for the forest. You see, so often we get caught up with publicity, we get caught up with the masses of people, we get caught up with the crowd. And the crowd pursued Jesus. But Jesus didn't miss the tree, didn't miss that individual, he didn't miss one man by name of Zacchaeus. So, friends, let me say this to you. You know, the number of things is that one is walk slowly through the crowd. Walk slowly through the crowd. Whether we are serving, we are a worship team, children's church ministry, uh, ushers, whatever it been, hospitality, whatever you are doing, you may be busy that Sunday. But, friends, don't be so busy and be caught up with what you're doing that you forget and miss that one individual who needs you just to stop and say hello. Or maybe to stop and just have a, just a short 30 minutes or 30 seconds prayer with that person. Friends, walk slowly through the crowd. I don't get a chance to meet everybody on a Sunday morning. We have two services you know, but what I do is when I come in, when the people are already there, I, I come in early. And sometimes I just pat someone on the back. And all I'm saying is, hey, I notice you. All right? Walk slowly through the crowd. Hey, another church growth principle I'm going to leave with you. If we take care of individuals, God will take care of the crowd. So, so many people are wanting to build a great church. They are just looking at the masses of people. They count people. Yes, we do count people because people count. But then, friends, don't miss the tree for the forest. If we take care of individuals, God will take care of the crowd. And I trust that this be so true, not just as church growth principles, but when we come into church that we just don't just come and go, but we take notice of somebody. We take notice of people who are sitting in front of us, behind us, around us, and we even take notice of people who are not there, who are supposed to be there, but that Sunday morning, they were not there. And then we pick up the phone and we call. That one phone call will go such a long way. Friends, number two, people on the fringes seem to be at the center of God's attention. People on the fringes seem to be at the center of God's attention. Luke 19, verse 3 tells us this. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but he was a short man. He could not see Jesus, the Bible says, because of the crowd. The crowd was taller than him. Or could it be that a crowd did not and would not make way for Zacchaeus. I mean, it doesn't matter if you are short. If you are likable, the crowd will make way for you. Someone says, if there's room in your heart, there's room in your house. All right? And Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector. He was the chief of tax collectors. And the Bible says, and he was wealthy. Of course he was. All right? And nobody liked Zacchaeus. They always related to him at arm's length. They always had him on the fringe of society. They always had him at the outskirts. And even when Zacchaeus climbed up a sycamore tree, he was still at the fringe of society. And Jesus had his eyes. And had his attention, you know, at one man by name of Zacchaeus. And biblical examples are plenty: Samaritan woman, by the well; the widow with two copper coins; the widow caught, uh, the woman caught in adultery. You know, and here we have Zacchaeus, scorned by others, and at the fringe of society. Um, there is the Old Testament. Uh, practice of gleaning during harvest time. And when they go and harvest the field when it's ripe and ready for harvest, they are to harvest everything except for the corners of the field and they leave it empty, untouched, or, uh, leave it untouched so that the foreigners, the under-resourced people have something you know, to look forward to and have something to eat. And if anything falls off the basket, the grains that fall off the basket, they are not supposed to pick it up and put it back. And that's God's way of providing. And providing for the under-resourced, providing for you know, the, the widows, uh, providing for uh, the foreigners. And God's attention is always on such kind of a people. James chapter 1, verse 27 tells us this. It says that pure religion and undefined before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. Now, the pandemic has hit us and, uh, in, in so many different ways. And during the time of pandemic, during 2020, 2021, uh, of course, especially in those two years, I kind of adopted an elderly man, quote-unquote adopted. Uh, his children are all overseas. His wife passed away not too long ago, and he's staying all alone by himself. And without saying anything to him, I kind of adopted him as my quote-unquote parent. And every time I would just go to his place, give him fruits, give him food, take him out if I can, you know. I just to be with someone because anything can happen to people who are older or old. And, and, and so uh, that's what it is all about, friends. It is just reaching out and touching someone for Jesus. And we are do it in so many different ways. It's just one example. What is God's spot like shining upon your heart in regards to reaching people at the fringe of society? What is God saying to you this morning? I trust that you will just go and say, God, let this continue to ring in my ear, just continue to re-vibrate in my, my heart, and God, that I would be continue to seek you and say, God, what can I do? Are there people at the fringe of society? So often we relate to people who are likable, lovable, uh, people who are like us. What about people who are just different from us? Different way they dress, different way they speak, different value system even. God I need to just reach out to such people number 3 people we so often whom we so often dismiss are most are the most likely candidates for salvation <laughs> I just love this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 to 29 the bible says in Colossians brothers sisters think of what you were when you were caught Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But because God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things, the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him, And Jesus said to him, and Jesus then said to this man, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. See, friends, people at the fringes of society, the people we so often dismiss are the most likely candidates for salvation. An entire family Entire family salvation resulted from one unlikely link Zacchaeus. An entire village or town, Samaria, from one unlikely link the Samaritan woman by the well. Hey, God finds us where we are, He starts where we are. For the woman at the well, it was water and He started at where she was, and she said to her, you know, if only you knew the water, kind of water I would give to you, you know. And God is always the kind of God who seeks us out. Salvation has come into this house. In 1972, in Malaysia, in a town called Saramban, amongst a few hundred high school students, You know, Pastor Bob Stevenson came, shared that message that you heard, and he could not give an altar call because it was in a school, a public school, though it was run by the Methodist Church. Uh, So he held up his Bible and said, if there's anyone who wants to know a little bit more about this Bible, you know, stay back and see me. And I could still remember your message, Pastor Bob, in 1972, you preached about God, a watchmaker, uh, uh, likened to a watchmaker. He says, when a watchmaker makes a watch, he doesn't bother after making a watch, who wears it, what happens to the watch, you know, his work is done. But unlike the watchmaker, God made us and is concerned for each one of us where we are in our stations of life, and he is Concern for us, especially in regards to our salvation. And so I stayed back. It took me about 30 minutes to get to Pastor Bob. And I thank God he was still in the chapel waiting for that one lost soul. I took 30 minutes because I would shake off my friends. I didn't want to tell him that I've turned sissy. You know, I'm going to see a preacher. I was a fighter in school. I was a rascal. That was who I was. And you know what? We thank God for His grace. Sometimes, you no, know, we wish that we are better. You know, we know that we are not all that we ought to be by now. After so many years, we've been Christian. But we also thank God that we are not what we used to be. Someone say an amen to that. And so, friends, I, I shook up my friends. And finally, after 30 minutes, I went to the chapel and Pastor Bob was still there, and he led me to Christ. One unlikely link, and my entire family except for one sister, has still to come to know Jesus. I'm the ninth of nine, youngest of the nine children. And my mother accepted Christ in a very spectacular way, which is another story. All right? But I won't share today. And God is just amazing. When I went to Bible school, another unlikely candidate. I was a high school dropout. I never studied. I fought more than and played more than I studied. Uh, I went to Bible school. I felt for the first time in my life that God loves me, that I'm important because the academic dean said, Benjamin, you are a special student. Wow, I I felt 10 feet tall. And he says, you've been chosen for a special class. Oh, I was excited when I left the academic dean's office. I was on top of the world. Special student, special class. Hallelujah. Until I went to a class, course 101, remedial English. (laughs) My pastor from the church could support, the church could have supported my fees, but they did not. Probably, and I have no, no ill feelings towards that, because God is the source of our total supply. Hey, remember that. God is the source of your total supply. All others, are just channels of that source. And when I, when I went to Bible school, they didn't support me. Probably, I don't know why, I never got a chance to ask my pastor. I never dared to ask my pastor, but I did his funeral. dear man to me. But maybe could it be that I was not preacher's material? I do not know. I do not know. And friends, there are people here in this church, people out there whom God has his eyes set on them. And God has got a purpose for their lives. And friends, you know, they are The most unlikely candidates, but they are that link to a tremendous outcome that God has. The church always is this. It it has small beginnings, a master seed, but it's got great conclusions. Your lives too has small beginnings, but a great conclusion. Number four, people who are touched by God's grace are gracious and generous. People who are touched by God's grace are gracious and generous. You see, the grace and the mercy of God has come into our lives. What is grace and mercy? They are two different sides of the same coin. In mercy, God withholds from us that which we rightly deserve, but He withholds that from us. But in grace, He gives to us that which we do not deserve. That's grace. And here, friends, when the grace of God came into Zacchaeus' life, when he was touched by God's grace, no, he became gracious and generous. And when the people began to mutter and complain and murmur and then began to to bat-mouth Jesus and say, this man has gone to be with a sinner at his home. What do you do? in those times when people point fingers and say bad things about you. Friends, for Zacchaeus, his testimony, his changed life was the greatest defense to the critics of the people around him. And then he said, Zacchaeus says, stood up and says, Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've cheated anybody of anything, I will pay him back all times. There and then, the grace of God changes us from being a taker to a giver. It changes us from a taker to a giver. The whole life, his whole entire life was just taking, 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 taking. Not enough, more, more, more. But all of a sudden, he's a giver now. And you know What? God can do in a moment what takes ages to change. When God touches our heart. When God touches our heart. There's no amount of debate, of rational thinking or explanation to tell you that God is real. But when God steps into your lives just like Zacchaeus, you would know. To the point that you say, I know, that I know, that I know, that I know that God is real. And you experience His grace. And the evidence of God's grace is so evident. That sounds deep a bit. thing. <laughs> see, we can't see God, but we can see God at work. And when Zacchaeus said, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, oh, he did. He really did. I said, I'll pay the guy four times what I've cheated him. A changed life. We see God's grace at work. People cannot see God. Our neighbors cannot see God in us or see God, but they see God at work through our lives. And friends, so have that abundance mentality. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 says, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, always having all sufficiency, sufficiency in all things, may have abundance for every good work. You see, that's what it is. I preached a sermon once about lack mentality and abundance mentality. There's a world of difference when you function. And when your value system is that of lack mentality and abundance mentality. And I say to the church, there are so many people here in church that have got abundance mentality. They did this, they bought this, they gave this, they changed this, they they, they financed this. And I said to them, could the church afford it? And it was a rhetorical question with an obvious answer. Yes, 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 yes. But why are these people doing it? It's not because the church lack, because the church does not have, the church cannot afford, but deep within their heart is an abundance mentality. They want to do it because this is our Father's house. This is the house of God. You know, and when you begin to function in an abundance mentality, when God's grace touches your heart, you move from a taker, that of being a taker to a giver. And it's not wrong to take. especially when people give you something because don't deny them of the sowing process in which they will reap later. But friends, we must learn to give, to let go and let God. I'm going to conclude my message this morning by turning your attention to 2 Corinthians 9.8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you all, that you. Always having all sufficiency in all things, may I have an abundance for every good work. And you know what? One of those good works is reaching the loss for Jesus. And Jesus concluded this passage by saying, The Son of Man came but to seek and save that which is lost. One of the things Jesus wants to do with our lives when he steps into our lives, you know, is this is not to take us to heaven. If it was, the moment you said the sinner's prayer, the moment you said Jesus comes to life, boom, poof, you would be taken to heaven. You wouldn't be here if that was the reason. But see, Jesus became like us that we might become like him. And be more like him, be more with him, we become more like him. And then our heart would beat as Jesus' heart did. Reaching out the lost. Seeing individuals, not missing them in the midst of the group of people. Recognizing that people at the fringe of society are very important, the center of God's attention. Recognizing that these are the people who may be the link to a chain of events and salvation of an entire family. And recognizing that grace can do wonders. That's why we say, amazing grace. (laughs) Amazing grace. There's an old song we used to sing. A very old song I don't think so many of you know, or maybe many of you know. The younger people may not know. I can almost tell the age of a driver or the person's car that I'm driving. at The moment I turn on the radio... I can almost tell what station he's listening to, and I can almost tell what age group he belongs to. Isn't that true? Huh? And this song uh, Odi's to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask is to be like him. All through life's journey from earth to glory, all I ask is to be like him. Friends, live your lives here on earth.